Well, Professor Nicola McEwen is co-director of the Centre on Constitutional Change at Edinburgh University, who expertly analysed the developing political landscape on BBC Scotland's marathon election programme over recent days. Good morning to you, Nicola. Good morning. I hope you've caught up on your sleep. A little bit. <laughs> well, the First Minister insisted, of course, on Saturday night in that speech that she gave that holding a referendum is now the will of the country. In analysing that, do we need to differentiate between the outcome of the electoral system that that produces and the actual votes cast? Well, all we can tell from the votes cast is what the pattern is overall. We don't know for sure what individuals um, did and why they why they did it. We'll have to await the findings of the Scottish election study to know that. I've heard quite a bit of um, chat over the weekend, um, and including from from UK government ministers about um, the, the idea that more people voted for parties that oppose independence than 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 voted uh, for them in terms of vote shares. But that's not a particularly strong argument, um, particularly when we consider um, when David Cameron committed to um, the Brexit referendum, that was on the basis of a 37% vote share, so considerably lower than we, we've seen in this election. And how big a role did tactical voting play in this election? Hmm. Well, it appears to be the case that there was, um, among the pro-union parties, elements of tactical voting, particularly in those seats that were marginal, that uh, Labour and the Conservatives and the Liberal Democrats were defending uh, from an SNP challenge, and also um, in some of those seats that the SNP was was defending as well. In in those cases, it wasn't enough uh, to, to make the seat uh, change hands, and there we tended to see the SNP's vote share uh, increase as well. But there was definitely signs of some uh, tactical voting going on, which is interesting because it suggests that um, these elections in Scotland were operating um, on the basis of their own very distinctive features, and it wasn't the case in a sense that um, it was Boris Johnson, it was the UK Conservative government that was shaping people's voting behaviour. It was about issues that are important within Scotland. And as regards the number of seats the SNP got, 64, Mm -hmm. of course 65 was the magic figure in terms of a majority, and a lot was made of that over the weekend, but the reality is that in the system that we have, you know, a majority is is very, very hard to achieve. Yes, I mean, the architects of devolution chose a system of voting that would be proportional, that balances proportionality or favours proportionality, and many would say fairness, over um, a majoritarian system like the first past the post system that favours a strong single party majority. So those, there is no perfect electoral system. That was the choice that was made. But it's extraordinarily difficult uh, to secure a single party majority in the type of electoral system that we have. And as we look at the results uh, for the other parties, um, um, the the Labour Party, for instance, we're going to hear from all the parties this morning mm-hmm, represented mm-hmm. at Hollywood. But the Labour Party, I mean, it, it, Anna Sarwar made the point that you know he 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 was fresh in the door as a, as a new leader, and his opinion pr- approval rating seemed to be pretty good mm-hmm, in opinion mm-hmm. polls. But that didn't seem to translate into results. No, it didn't. And although it was Labour's worst. Um, performance in terms of results in a Holyrood election, there was also the sense that it was disaster averted in that they were able to defend two out of their three constituency seats. So, um, so Anasarwa has been making the case that this is the base on which they hope to build. Um, and 
I mean, I think I think there's something in that uh, for Labour. But in a sense, I think there was something in it for all of the political parties. The Liberal Democrats will be disappointed because although they defended their four constituency seats, they have lost their status as a political party in the Scottish Parliament because you need five uh, seats overall for that. And the biggest losers is uh, the Alipa party um, because they fell far short of the threshold that they would have needed uh, to secure a list seat. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? We're going to hear from uh, Patrick Harvey of the Greens after seven. The Greens have been, uh, the, the, well, the, the SNP and the Greens are the big winners of this election, obviously. But in terms of the Greens increasing uh, their representation in Parliament, uh, would it be fair to say that people now understand the voting system better? Could it have been that, you know, Mr Sam call for SNP voters to uh, to back uh, his party may have actually benefited the Greens? Well, it could be, but um, that may be a little bit unfair to the Greens because we don't know, um, and, and until we see the election survey, we won't know in, if the, the vote for the Greens on the list is a first-choice vote. It isn't necessarily a second-preference vote. But certainly, if there was elements of strategic voting in the Yes side, it does seem to have benefited the Greens much more than Alipa. And actually, um, the other parties too uh, have become wise to the system and we're using that in their um, election strategies, particularly the Conservatives calling for a peach vote uh, Conservative. And there was a little bit of an increase in their list vote compared to their constituency vote. And what? how do you see things panning out as regards uh, Nicola Sturgeon's desire to hold another independence referendum? Uh, because, of course, we, we've been, there's been a lot of talk over the weekend about the, the, the constitutional difficulties ahead. Yes, well, there was also a, a, a breakout of consensus over the weekend uh, about uh, the timing of these things because nobody is arguing for this to happen uh, straight away and everyone is saying that the pandemic is the priority. Of course, the divisions will come when there's a debate about when that's over and when it's appropriate to, to return to constitutional issues. But I, I don't think um, the First Minister will be in a hurry to do this and partly that's because this election has confirmed what we knew and that Scotland is divided down the middle um, on the issue of independence. So a challenge for her will be to try to increase support for independence so that if she does have a referendum, she can be confident of winning it. And there are difficult questions uh, to address on the independence issue created by Brexit and all of the complexities that that has generated, not least uh, around the border. So this buys a bit of time uh, for her to, to focus on those issues. We're grateful for your time this morning, Professor Nicola McEwen, the co-director of the Centre on Constitutional Change at Edinburgh University.